0: This is Starting From Zero.
1: I'm working on a growth mindset.
2: I was able to make connections that would help me along the way your role as the attorney is to make sure that the system is working the way that it is supposed to work. I am trying to make sure that these checks and balances are upheld so that the wrong person doesn't get sent to prison or doesn't get sentenced when
0: the case has not been proven against them. Every time I, (laughs) I hate resetting this sound setting every freaking time, but whether you know, you learn every day. And keep on practicing practicing hello guys we have ourselves here asha wilkerson wilkerson yep. right wilkerson huh yeah, yeah i bet a lot of people still struggle with that last name <laughs> so <laughs> thanks for attending to my abode to my abode of and, course and um one of the reasons like i brought you here was because of this concept so we'll start what does starting from zero mean to you?
1: Hmm.
2: Um, starting from zero, in my opinion, or when I think of it, I think of you know, someone who's starting without experience or without um, resources. But, but it doesn't always have to mean that. It could be starting something that you've never done before. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're necessarily without resources, but maybe you're without the experience. I think a lot of times um we probably have more resources at our disposal than we think even if we are brand new in a situation Mm. so
0: and can you literally flash back to your beginnings and like Mm. the the challenges of that yeah law school like all these things like put into one
2: right (laughs) well i think about you know i i'm somebody who loves to learn and try new things Mm. right so um you mentioned law school so Mm -hmm. yes that was a new beginning um but if i think back to like salsa dancing right because we can always just for something that's a maybe an easier example to kind of grasp because we do try new things all the time so Mm. starting back to salsa dancing i first learned how to salsa dance or first was exposed to it in 2006 right in cuba and i was so shy and so afraid to make mistakes i was not a dancer i was a former basketball player Mm -hmm. i was not graceful i was strong and i was you know like heavy you could hear me coming right (laughs) and in salsa there's some finesse and you're supposed Mm -hmm. to be light on your feet and it was so hard for me to trust the process to learn it was hard for me to follow the partner because i really wanted to know what was going to happen next i'm terrible at choreography um I probably shouldn't say that. I'm working on a growth mindset. At the time, I was not able to learn choreography really easily. Mm. I still struggle with that. But um, it was I felt like I was starting from zero. I felt like everybody else knew what to do already, and that I didn't have the skills to do it. Right. But um, I remember so flash forward, probably like, 10 years, eight years, maybe seven years. And I started taking lessons again here in the Bay Area. Um, And I remember somebody told me, you're going to be able to get it. You have rhythm. You just need to learn the steps, right? And so then it made me feel like I wasn't actually starting from zero, where i felt initially that i was you know, like hopeless how mm-hmm. am i gonna ever be able to learn you know it's complicated you like to solve it yeah like right? hey even,
0: even there, there are times like uh for example we dance mm-hmm. and you, you probably notice my style is not like cubanized mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I like being free mm-hmm. like usually so i always like sometimes assess the situation and i tell people is like hey the important thing is having fun and being comfortable absolutely i used to be i bet used to like used to be obsessed like oh my god why am i not moving like her why am i not looking moving like him Mm -hmm. but in the end of the day you have your own you way your own to own while you uh, while you want to move to create your own style. Absolutely, yeah.
2: absolutely. Yeah. So even you know I wasn't starting from zero, even though I felt like it because I had some athletic training in my background. You know I I understood rhythm um, just from like an R and B you know school mm-hmm. dance kind of a standpoint. Didn't study it, but even though I felt like I was I was unskilled in that area, I still had. My experiences to bring to the table, so it really wasn 't zero right mm. it was I was in a new situation, but it really wasn 't zero and I think life is like that going to law school i didn 't know anything about law, I loved law and order, but i didn 't know anything about <laughs> she law love law and order <laughs> I sure did that was your. Yeah. And I remember my criminal law professor, our first day of class, said, If you think it's gonna be like law and order, you better get up and walk out now and half of us were like, Do we go or do we stay? Of course we stayed. Um, but you know, I didn't have any exposure, but I had learned how to study, you know, I had an inquisitive mind. I was able to make connections that would help me along the way. So even though in that setting, I felt brand new um, and uncomfortable. It still wasn't really starting from zero.
0: Mm, right.
2: Mm-hmm. So, there's, I think it's kind of like a, a mindset thing. You can be new to the game and still not be at zero.
0: Mm. I, I see what you're saying. I I respect you all that go to law school, especially criminal law. <laughs> um, because I don't have the emotional capacity yeah. to. How how are you able to, w- wait, uh, excuse me, where you did criminal law? I did
2: criminal law for a very brief stint <laughs> in time. Um, I So after I graduated law school, I worked for a firm for a little bit, and mm. then I ended up starting my own practice, yes. and I needed other ways to bring in revenue.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: everybody is entitled to um, defense counsel if you're accused of a crime. Mm. And if you don't have enough money to pay for an attorney, then the state or the government will provide one. For you, if you so don't the have public any
0: right defender. to an attorney, henceforth like that saying.
2: Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you have a right to an attorney. Same. If you cannot afford one, one You'll will be appointed for ah. you, right? So I was not a public defender, but I worked. Um, I-, I was on the panel of attorneys that would be called in case there was a conflict. So if there is a co-defendant case, the public defender can only represent one person's interest. So if they're co-defendants, then I might be called to represent the other mm. defendant. Um, so... But what I learned about the criminal justice system is as the attorney, you're not really interested in whether or not your, your client is guilty or innocent. Um, you want them to be innocent and you need to prove their innocence. But really, your role as the attorney is to make sure that the system is working the way that it is supposed to work. Right. Mm. So the prosecutor is supposed to prove the case beyond a reasonable doubt. As a defense attorney, you are there to make sure that the prosecutor does not prove the case beyond a reasonable doubt. Or if there is doubt, you are to expose that before the jury or before the judge so that charges are not brought against your client. Mm. Right. And so mm-hmm. you are, you are there, um, Less concerned about did it or didn't do it and more concerned about I am trying to make sure that these checks and balances are upheld so that the wrong person doesn't get sent to prison or doesn't get sentenced when the case has not been proven against them, which really doesn't have anything to do with guilt or innocence, even though that's what we think about in society. It's your you are that check and that balance to make sure that the your client is getting the benefit of all the rights that they have according to our constitution
0: it's that's a great summary of that do you find it easier because i bet you you were having through the the path in criminal law do you point the finger or you be the one being pointed at right uh, it's it's in the, those different types of attorney turn defense attorney versus a prosecutor mm-hmm. which do you find easier Or was it more of like which path was easier, or which path was like, this is a challenge, I wanna take it?
2: Right, so I never was a prosecutor. Mm -hmm. Um, Prosecutors work for the county or the federal government. Understood. Um, So my only exposure to prosecutors is them being on the other side Mm -hmm. of the aisle, right? Um, I think it would be really tough to be a prosecutor, but we need, we need people on both sides, right? Mm. Because the prosecutors are the ones who decide what charges to bring against people. And you want them to be discerning and, and really evaluate the evidence and, and not overcharge people because that happens a lot in our society. Mm. And then you also need really good defense attorneys, um, who are able to call out the inconsistencies and say where someone's rights have been violated and who can, you know, strategize and, and really represent the rights of the individual. So, and most people don't go back and forth unless you're a prosecutor and you decide to quit working for the prosecution for the government and then start your own practice as a defense attorney.
0: Oh, wow. Uh But man, that must be hard. Like, were they clients that you chose? You don't want to defend, especially after being in the firm. So, you as a defense attorney have the right to not defend the client. Is right. that fine? Okay, good. good. Yes,
2: because, as, as, a, as a private defense <laughs> attorney, a, you, can you can say, choose. I your was cases. about to
0: say that there's a difference between being part of a firm and you've been doing your own thing. Right. So I can assume. I'm not just saying I'm from a law and order fictional world. Like I can assume, like some defense attorneys that were in the firm maybe had something like all of a sudden they had the firm had them defend someone like mm-hmm. they didn't believe that you should def- defend right maybe they won the case and all of a sudden like fuck this i want to do my own thing yeah no because i bet in terms of like what you're uploading in the law the oath you take mm-hmm. and your conscience tend to fight a lot right. so that's probably I assume that's what kind of probably stresses a lot of defense attorneys to even start their own practice.
2: Yeah, it could be. So my, my extent as a criminal defense attorney was mm. was very short, like maybe a year and a half, mm-hmm. and it wasn't the bulk of my practice. The yeah. bulk of my practice was um, employment law and then business law towards the end, and I still do um, business law. Um, but So again, when you're looking at making sure that the system is not violating your client's rights – it is easier to digest what ha- the acute what what the accusations are when you're not thinking just about guilt or innocence. Now, in reality, you get a feel for people. You get a feel for whether or not you think somebody did it. You know, you get a feel for people who are um, good people or not good mm-hmm. people, and that makes you can make you uncomfortable so i think that um criminal defense attorneys are special people not in a sarcastic sense but they are they are special people who can work with a lot of times um an undesirable population mm-hmm. there are tons of people who are falsely accused of the wrong place at the wrong time or who are targeted because of the neighborhood that yeah. they live in but then Obviously, there are some people who commit some heinous crimes, yep. and they also need representation because we've all heard of the stories where people have been falsely accused of murder, been on death row, and then DNA evidence comes back and they're completely innocent, right? <laughs> and so
0: there still many in San Quentin right now awaiting those, yeah, those DNA evidence. There's and a stuff lot,
2: like yeah. There's a lot of people. So, but but, but but going back to the question of you know your ethics and your constitution, right? I think that is a If you are uncomfortable in a situation, whether it's law or business or the medical profession, whatever it is, if you are uncomfortable, you are not going to be able to represent your client and their interests to the best of your ability. Right. You just you can't. So that means if you have the ability to select your cases, you have to be careful about who you choose to represent in any, you know, area of life in business because if i like if you come into my um office now and say hey asha i need help forming a a corporation i go okay cool what kind of corporation is it and you're like "Mm, it's a uh i don't know like rabbit trafficking corporation you know (laughs) something random and i'm like no i love rabbits i don't want them to be trafficked i'm not going to be able to give you the advice That you need to build a good business because I'm going to be colored by, I don't want his rabbit trafficking corporation to be successful because I love rabbits and he's doing something against my personal constitution. Mm. So as attorneys, we have, you know, code of ethics and, and most people have their own sort of code of ethics that you would not be a case that I would take on because I can't give you my best. Right. And so that doesn't, I'm not legally obligated to take that, but I think that's important because even I find myself sometimes like I stopped litigation because I just was over it. But I, I, people would come in, they'd have a decent case and, um, you know, I would say, okay, I know that I'm capable of doing this, but then I just hated litigation. And so it was really hard to give my best time and attention because I was so so over Mm -hmm. the the process Yep. Right. So now I'm like, okay, I'm taking a break from litigation because it's not fair to the people who are putting their trust in me for me to not be 100 percent excited about the case. Like, I want to wake up and be ready to work on your case in the morning, not wake up and go, oh i gotta to do this to and i gotta do that the, the
0: process and the the bureaucratic bs that you got to deal with yeah.
2: yeah and just the personal bs like I, you know at <laughs> some point i got to a point where i was like i don't even want my phone to ring i'm so over wow. this i don't want my phone to
0: ring and i knew it was time to take a break hmm and and, and um in in that process like now let's let's rewind back a little bit, and, and thanks for explaining the the process of of law because a lot of people, especially like me, always think of the fictional side of it mm-hmm. and the the stress of it. You know, like a, a nasty defense attorney getting yeah. trying to get something from a client, he 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 or she knows like that like that. The defender is full of shit, but they'll do whatever <laughs> deal they can throw up right, in the judge right. and stuff. But it's not always like that. It always depends on the on title of attorney. Right. So what, from your short time in the firm, what triggered you? Like, what was that initial trigger that you were staring at your desk and stuff like that? You're like, no, I'm done with this shit. Like, yeah. let's go.
2: <laughs> so, so my career, so I started out doing medical malpractice defense. Mm. um, for about a year and a half in Walnut Creek. And then I struck out on my own and I thought like, let me, let me figure out what I really want to do. And I wanted to do civil rights. I wanted to represent, you know, be a voice for the voiceless. And, um, attorneys started sending me cases. They started asking if I could help them. And then, you know, a few months later I was like, well, I guess it's kind of like I'm running my own firm. Maybe I should just go for it. Right. Mm. And then you think about, okay, well what streams of income? And so I could get on the, um, in the conflict panel with Alameda County. And so that's how I ended up doing a little bit of criminal defense. And then I decided I didn't want to do that anymore and was focusing more on employment litigation and then business law. So that's so and I, I've sort of stopped at employment law and business law. And now I, I advise business owners because I was representing um, employees that had been discriminated against, which is a great career, or a great area of law to be in. But then I thought, well, maybe if I can advise business owners on what the best practices are, maybe we'll have less discrimination or less individual rights being violated if business owners know actually what the law is so but in terms of business
0: owners don't know what the law is
2: right i mean a lot of people don't right you you, especially in business you start your business because you have a passion um and then in like at restaurants restaurants are one of the highest failing businesses because people get into them because they love to cook but they don't understand understand how how to run the business you got to think about your profit margins and sourcing different resources and You know, what are the hours you're going to be open? Because if your output in terms of spending is is more than your revenue that's coming in, you're going to be in the red. You're going to end up going under. Mm -hmm. But it's hard for it's a running a business is an acquired skill. Right. The passion for cooking is also an acquired skill, but they don't go hand in hand. You know, your passion for cooking doesn't mean that you're going to be a great business owner just because you make great food. So you still have to learn and educate yourself on how to run a business or hire folks who know how to run a business so you can focus on your passion. But with um, criminal law, when I decided I was like, OK, this is just too much. I had a client who had some mental health issues. He had some drug problems and he had a traumatic brain injury, a TBI, right? And so in that kind of a situation, it's hard to know what is the cause of what. Um, sanity he, plea and,
0: or no? something? No. Because, so
2: that, so we, um, I think he got charged with, if I remember correctly, like disturbing the peace. There was, he, according to him, um, he went downstairs to break up a fight because his neighbors is, were, it was like a domestic violence incident, right? And so he, um, in all of his tact, yelled at the folks to be quiet. But what it ended up doing is it got the guy to let the girl, the woman go, right? And the man got in his car and drove off. But when the police came, he was still outside and and agitated because he, um, you know, has a TBI and and alcohol and drug abuse and and mental health issues and stuff and didn't know how to calm himself down because he'd been awoken from a nap. So the police charge him with um disturbing the peace because they can't find the other guy. So they charge him. He's he's had contact with the system before. And so he has to come in and answer. And he's like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I've already have a couple days in. I can get credit for time sir. I'm like, are you sure? Because I think we can fight this. But it's up to the client to decide what they want to plead to or fight right it's not up to me i advise them the best options and then they make their decisions so he says like i'm just gonna plead it's fine i'll do the community service not a big deal his mom who was sort of his caretaker who also had her own set of issues i think including drug abuse um didn't want him to take this plea. She wanted him to get help for his mental health issues, which is understandable. But the court system isn't the place to do that. So we are in court. Um, and a couple times like we've been to court many times. Sometimes my client would show up and be lucid and completely understand what he's doing and be able to consent. Sometimes he'd show up and he'd be high out of his mind. Right. And the mom would always be there with him. So doesn't help anything. Nothing. Not not at all. So I had to be really careful about when we would enter this plea, because if he's out of his mind, he can't enter it. He can't consent. Right. Mm. And so that's. Important for him, but it's also important for me because of my professional rules of responsibility. I can't have him enter a play when he doesn't know what he's doing.
0: Oh, and that's a huge, huge advantage from the prosecutor. Like, yo, my honor, like... <laughs> right He's out of line right know?
2: exactly but i mean the, the prosecutor i mean they see this stuff all the time right mm. so it's not new for them so we so it's a good day for him we go in to uh um enter this plea and he's like yes i understand i know exactly what happened yes i'm consenting to this the judge has gotten through all of it we're about to enter the plea so that he can do community service right which wasn't a bad deal it sucks that he had to be there but that was his choice right he didn't want to go to trial the mom stands up from the gallery and says no he's insane he can't do this like he's you know he's got all this stuff and the judge is like whoa 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 wait a minute i cannot enter this plea if this is the case we need to have a social worker come and evaluate and see right oh uh, so my client is pissed he's like mom be quiet he's yelling at her and i'm trying to calm him down and i'm like oh my god am i gonna I'm not have...
0: in panic but normally you need to be the calm one in that situation
2: right right Man, that's And so you gotta save you gotta save face not mm-hmm. even just save face i mean you have but to keep it together in so front of the counts. judge mm-hmm. you have to clearly communicate you know and so we so we did not enter the plea that day then we're supposed to come back the next day to be evaluated by a social worker he comes back completely high completely high no evaluation can take place at this time like okay we're gonna come back in a week but i need you to be sober comes back he gets evaluated and social workers like you know what he's he's good like when he's not high he completely understands what's going on he's able to enter this plea the mom wanted him committed to an institution so that he could get treatment but you don't want to be committed to a state institution, right? You no, know? they're not going
0: to take care of you. Right. What's of funding does he even have? Right.
2: Treatment, quote unquote, treatment is <laughs> debatable, <laughs> right? Ugh. But in that system, tr- if he gets sent to the mental institution, he's still going to have to answer when he gets out. So that that I could see exactly why the mom did what she did, because she wanted to get him help mm-hmm. and didn't know how to get him better help. Right. And then you have so many people who are accused of crimes who really need mental health services, but they get put up in the court system because we don't have a society that really supports mental health services. And so that was like a huge, um, I won't say conflict, but it was just an eye opener and just really illustrative of the systems that don't work for people. And there was nothing that I could do other than play the role that I had in this system and I wanted to get the guy help if he wanted to get help the mom wanted to get him help but it sucked that the alternative or the the reality for him was to take another charge that could probably be disproven if he wanted to go to trial but That would also require him to show up and be sober. And he just didn't want to fight it. So I think at that point, I was like, you know what? There should be a better way. And for me to be the best that I can be at this, I need to do it full time. And I can't do it full time.
1: Mm. You know,
2: for a number of reasons, I didn't want to do it full time. I'm also such a bleeding heart that it would, like, I'm an empath, right? So it would just drain me
0: emotionally. And pause for a second because I feel that I'm taking that. Whatever emotional test, but I, I've noticed like I feel a lot mm-hmm. sometimes to a fault.
2: Yeah, and, if you start crying, I'm crying right with you.
0: Oh my <laughs> god. So, <laughs> so, so tell me that that's what I'm so so impressed with. Of some attorneys uh, from criminal law, family law, whatever. How were you able? Was it just more of the sharpening the sword? Okay, I've seen this before. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna turn my brain this way, like, but still, you are who you are. How right. are you able to comport? Get like compa- yeah, yeah, to compartmentalize, yeah, it's hard to you do. You know,
2: yeah, it's hard, and that was one of the reasons why I got burned out on litigation because and in employment law, I would be representing people who were um, terminated. You know, and and for them to have a case, they would be they would have to have been wrongfully terminated, discriminated against, right? So So I had a solo practice. um, I've had a couple different paralegals and administrative assistants work for me. But really, like you call my office and I'm likely to pick up, right? So I didn't have those barriers of support um, uh, built in all the time so that my clients would call and they would get me directly and then they would say like, I don't know how I'm going to pay rent this month because I don't have a job and I haven't found another one. I'm too afraid to, you know, do X, Y, Z, because whatever their wrongful termination experience was, it was traumatic for them. And I would say, okay, go and talk to a therapist, go and talk to a counselor, because I'm not that, I'm only your attorney. They would say, oh, I don't have money to do it, right? (sighs) Also, when I started my own practice, I think I was 26 or 27. Mm -hmm. So I was a lot younger than most of my clients, than all of my clients. I was way younger. So you have that sort of respect thing about don't interrupt people, don't interrupt your elders. You know, you got to let them talk. But that is hard when I can only do one aspect of it. I can only do your. Uh, employment law case I cannot be your counselor and your best friend and your doctor all at the same time and I would refer people or say you need to find someone they'd say I don't have enough money because I got fired remember you know and so I was in this spot of like I don't that was why I didn't want to pick up my phone at the end because everything was so heavy for me whereas other people are able to turn off that switch right they're like that's your situation you have to handle it this is what my lane in is and this is what i'm going to do but it was hard for me to do I that don't because care I'm you like- are.
0: if you turn off that switch those are attorneys that know how to do that. I bet they have outlets. of like, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> I'm sure, right? But I also, bet you have
0: stories of your colleagues. Right, that, yeah. right. And, mm-hmm. and
2: with you know, paralegals or people working yeah. in the office, I can say, you know, hey, um, paralegal, handle this phone call. See what they want. Tell them I will get back to them with a legal answer. Right. So they can do kind of the phone part of it and I can get back to the legal stuff. But towards the end, like three of my paralegals went off to law school. So great for them. But I was like, dang it.
1: Mm.
2: (laughs) Now I got to hire somebody else. But then I was like, all right, it's I just need a break from this because that that was a huge emotional toll on me. Hmm. And I just I was I was tired of it. I was done. Hmm.
0: So and how and what made you bring yourself up? What made you bring yourself up to even on your social media to spread such great messages? Yeah. You know, of what people can attain. Like, so right. what brought yourself up? That so
2: point? that so I transitioned into full time education. Yeah. I always mm-hmm. knew that I wanted to be a teacher. I was that weird kid in first or second grade that would make lesson plans. Like my friends and I would play school, and we would make lesson plans. <laughs>
0: really? I
2: yeah, I don't know what kid. How were you in
0: my school days? I know. <laughs>
2: Man, I remember like making cursive lesson plans and like, you know, we, I, yeah, but I would also be running around outside playing in the, I grew up in the country and so playing in the fields and, you know, running through the trees and stuff. So, um... But so I always knew that education was was in my blood. My auntie was a teacher and then became an administrator. And my mom, she never was a teacher, but she was a principal for most of my life growing up. So education is just there. I always wanted siblings and I never got any siblings, um, you know, or younger siblings. I never got them. And so I just gravitated towards kids and and loved it. So My plan in college was to be a high school English teacher, and then I got exposed to law and sort of fell into law Uh, school, which is funny to think about. You just fall into law school. Who falls into law school? But that's how I feel like that's what happens to me, right? You choose to be
0: in law school. Right. But I
2: I got exposure. I got support, and I ended up going to law school because I felt like at the time that was the greatest... Um, opportunity to affect change and to be useful not that teaching high school English is not useful It, it is very much so but I felt like law school would open up more opportunities so even in law school I went back to teaching I taught street law to high school middle and high school students I think my third um, my third year of law school, either my second or my third year, and loved it. So then I was teaching students about what I was learning in law school, and then as soon as I could, after I graduated, I applied for adjunct teaching positions. So mm-hmm. at, at paralegal programs, um, and so I was I started out teaching like computer technology, right. And in for okay. paralegals, so how do you use okay. different yeah. software platforms mm-hmm. and stuff and then got into more substantive stuff like torts and litigation um, and then had an opportunity, I applied to a couple full-time positions and one came up in Sacramento for a paralegal program so because life is crazy, um, I had decided to go back to business school because at the time I was advising business owners, I wanted to learn more about Business and I wanted to apply to business owners, my business owner clients to sort of help them in that side. And I wanted the knowledge to apply to my own business because I was running my own law practice.
0: So it wasn't like an all rounder system. That's why you're an empath because it's kind of, um, but I I do project manager Mm -hmm. uh, role. And one of the cool things about being a project manager, sometimes you get to be a subject matter expert on who you manage with. Right. So sometimes you learn a little bit of this, you don't have to be an expert you don't have to be a specialist right but that's very useful for your business and the fact that you even took the initiative like oh shit i need to go like i I need to study some business or understand since i'm going to be defending these guys then i need to understand some Mm -hmm. of the technologies
2: absolutely right i felt like it would give me a i could give better legal advice if i understood also how to run the business Mm.
0: right
2: so i started um got through the first quarter. It was at Cal State East Bay. So they were on the quarter system at the time. And then I ended up getting a request for an interview for this full-time teaching position that I had completely forgotten that I applied for. So I was on my way to vacation and had the first video interview the day before I left. And at some point while on vacation for three weeks, I um, got a call back to come in and do the in-person interview. So the first day that I got back to California, the first full day, I had to drive up to Sacramento to do the Mm -hmm. in-person interview, left class early from, because I was still in the MBA program. A couple days later, I hear that they want to hire me for the full-time position. (laughs) I had just started the next quarter of school. The semester at the program I'd be teaching, in was starting in like four days. I had four days to prepare, yeah, to prepare four different classes. right talk about like under the gun overwhelmed and just
0: how did you arrange your syllabus or something oh my god
2: (laughs) fortunately i had taught a couple of the classes before but still i'd I'd never taught full time so it's it's one thing to teach one class and to pour all of your energy into that but to teach four classes of like 45 students was crazy and was still running my own practice right because I was running my full-time practice and going to school on Fridays and Saturdays for the MBA program, and then now I've got this full-time job. But I feel like I couldn't say no to, because the opportunities to teach full-time at a community college don't come up very
0: often. Mm. People get into those jobs,
2: and you retire from there, because it's a great schedule. Do you
0: know what's crazy? Uh, talking about community college is what I found out, because I went to SF State, mm-hmm. and sometimes in the few of the summer, because... Kind of a an achiever. I wanted to finish school uh-huh. in time. CCSF, City uh-huh. College of San Francisco. Are you aware that a lot of teachers there are like Ivy League material? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Holy shit! Even yeah. I noticed in in some, in Laney, and I my mind was blown. I mean, I went to Laney before when I was in high school, mm-hmm. but I didn't know as much exposure of like the professionals or right. teachers. And I realized one well, teacher was like, "Yeah," because they pay attention well mm-hmm. and what what joy it is to, like, to them to teach a smaller class right. and having them full-time benefit. I was like, because oh, yeah. like, yeah. a lot of people have that misconception of community colleges not yeah. being, um, yeah. well, they're not as well-funded compared to those other ones, but in terms of go- government benefits and stuff, mm-hmm. like, I heard it's, it's yeah. yeah,
2: absolutely. And most of the community college professors are there because they like to teach, mm. right, whereas at universities you have um publishing requirements for tenure at a community college you don't have publishing requirements so if you Uh, if you are an academic and like research you want to be at a university yes if you are more of a practitioner and want to um you really enjoy the teaching the art Then yeah then community college is a great place because you don't have to worry about the pressure of of publishing a book or getting published in a certain number of journals so um but so so i just i finally got back to the path of teaching right um and still using this law degree that i'd paid all this money for that was like i hate litigation i hate the practice of law oh yeah oh my god i'll be paying that probably for the rest of my life we're not going to talk, talk about that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. The education is great. The price tag, the cost of the education, not so
0: much. That's but, another uh, discussion in terms of education. Totally it different like, podcast.
2: <laughs> so, um, but one thing I really love about teaching at the community college system is that community college is a microcosm of the world. Right? You have mm. everybody represented the community college because it it the it's forty seven dollars a unit to take classes right now in california at the community college system so you know it's uh less than 150 bucks a class per semester you know and so you multiply that by however many classes you want to take right so it is much more affordable for people to get started in their career so and then at the paralegal level that i'm teaching it is a career education program so there are two tracks. You can get an AA in paralegal studies, yeah, or you associates. can just get a certificate, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So, but you have to be, uh, you have to graduate from a paralegal program in order to call yourself a paralegal in order for a law firm to bill you out as a paralegal at a higher rate, you know, or to bill out your services at all, because you have to either have that or you have to be an attorney to charge the the client for the work,
0: right? Is the usual path start off as a paralegal then a than an attorney? or Some people people do. For some people,
2: I I was not a paralegal before Mm. I went to law school. I went straight out of undergrad to law school. But I do have a number of students who have come through my program who are now going to law school. Mm. So you can do it either way. It's a great cost-effective way to get some training, get some exposure to law, and see if you want to go to law school.
0: That's that's a good bet. Yeah.
2: It is also a really good way, in my opinion, for people to be able to change their income potential in just a couple of years if you need to get an AA. So if you don't have any education, you need to get an AA. You can get your core requirements done in a year or two and then get your legal education done in a year or a year and a half, depending on how many classes you're able to take. And then you are on that paralegal salary
0: scale, right?
2: Without having to go through the four year and more, you'll make more money if you have a BA. And I always recommend Mm. that people get a BA, but if you need to change your situation quickly, Meaning within the next couple of years, you can go and get a paralegal, um, take the paralegal classes and get into a law firm or a legal,
0: you know, mm-hmm. business
2: and and be much higher up than like the minimum wage. Yeah, exactly. In California.
0: I mean, especially with the minimum wage and obviously spending four plus years in school right. when you could probably get the certification in like what other two years maybe Uh, ish and be still qualified for a law firm and have some some stable hopefully some stable paycheck absolutely and determine your path
2: absolutely and i tell students too like if you need to make money now you know do the paralegal route and then work part-time while you finish up your ba Uh, right because you're still able to earn more Mm -hmm. so i have students talking about a microcosm of the world i have students um I think my first semester I had two PhDs. One had a PhD in English and taught English. Um and had retired from that career and wanted to explore law. Another one was um a doctor of psychology. She had a PhD in psychology. And I'm going, this is my first full-time semester teaching at this school and you want to learn from little old me? Mm. Like <laughs> it was this it was this this weird
0: because know, of the title
2: yeah, I mean it was yeah, right. But I mean it was intimidating to know that these folks have a PhD and, and a law degree is a doctoral degree, but we mm-hmm. don't call ourselves doctors. No, and I'm new in this game, so I'm feeling um, you know, sort of insecure about can I do this? And and you know, it's one thing to teach folks who are still learning, but you look at someone who has a PhD and you're like, You you have learned. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. But guess what?
2: They, they didn't know what I knew. Oh, but
0: they didn't know what I you didn't know. And to me, I actually commend those folks because, um, especially when, um, like you've seen around in community college, you see a lot of people twice our age Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Some people that have, like, (laughs) okay, there's a saying, there's a saying, and there's an African adage that they say, like, Uh, with age comes wisdom but I was Mm -hmm. like no bullshit with age comes experience (laughs) either you're a wise wise person or a foolish person you've got experience so that PhD person and um, that phd site in psychology and phd in, in um english uh-huh. they are willing i'm more impressed by those people who are willing to learn new things and not even think about their age and like i've been in classes with, with with folks like old enough to be my dad yeah and sometimes i'm like because i have this mentality i was like come on you've, you've learned right yeah but this guy he told me he's like no yeah you you, you are going to keep on learning absolutely so you better keep that mind up absolutely. and I'm so impressed with those people yeah. that w- able they're willing to be able to push that reset button right, right. So that's impressive
2: absolutely I've got a student who um, when she first uh, two semesters ago was first in my class there's a little annotation on you know my roster that says the students under the age of eighteen come to find out she um, immigrated from either russia or the or the ukraine
0: of course. I can't remember which one. Of course, those Eastern 16. European blocks, man. Yeah.
2: So then she graduated high school at like sixteen. Yeah. Right. That's normal. Even though she had, she hadn't been in the country very long, so learned English, graduated from high school at like sixteen, was in my classes, and by the time. Like halfway through last semester, she got a job at a law office and was and is working her way up as she gets her paralegal certificate and will go on to her four year. Right. So I've got a Ph.D. person who's like late 60s and I've got a 17 year old. Right. And then I've got people who have a B.A. and want to learn about law. And then I have other folks who have spent, I think, the most amount of time a reentry student. And so he'd spent 18 years inside. 18 years in prison and came back and was hungry mm. for his law degree, mm. right? And is trying to trying to finish it up his paralegal degree, mm-hmm. not law degree.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then I've got a, a couple reentry students, and then I've got everybody who from in between who people decide to go to school late, people yeah. who you know decided they wanted to switch careers. I've got a student who's 57, and she said she was so scared that she wouldn't be able to to do this because she hadn't been to school in like she's like I've been to school in like 30 years. Yeah like what you can do it and she but said just, just the encouragement it, you know of right? saying that you can do, do it. it she really believed that she could and she did she is doing it you know so I love that I get to see people from all over all over the world who are coming to my class not not my classes but coming to the school and happen to be in my class and people who I want to learn from, I want to learn from everybody. And they constantly, I'm learning from my students all the time. And I think it's just a beautiful place. It's like, it's like church, right? Half the people we wouldn't be around in church or in community college. If we didn't have that one thing in common, right? It's people you would walk by ordinarily on the street and think they're, they're not for me. I don't have anything to do with them, but you come for this common knowledge, right? or common experience. And you're able to learn so much more. So I always tell my students, um, there's no experience that counts you out right yeah. you're like that's the wisdom thing right mm-hmm. we learn from our experiences and we put them into whatever we're going to do so that's like the starting from zero mm-hmm. thing you're not really starting from zero because we have all of these experiences yeah. in us that will I take like us to input. where we need to go mm-hmm. so we're never really starting from zero you start from zero as a baby right mm-hmm. no I li- <laughs> like, I like you your input. You I
0: like I like your input yeah. I see you getting a little emotional <laughs> about it no it's no not it. emotional my eyes just wow. water Those water <laughs> allergies <laughs> no. totally no it's like oh oh, thanks yeah and And like like, um it's it's so it's so fulfilling because it's like because i always had that mindset like you do this you do this right you graduate you're done Right. right Um, I'll I'll give you I'll give you a a wonderful example I I have a friend when Mm -hmm. when I was living in Arkansas Arkansas yeah I was in Little Rock, Arkansas wow oh yeah and one of my very close friends to now uh, her oldest kid lives in Seattle Uh and she was talking to me because she was like hey um she's like I think it's about she's about 11 years older than me and she Mm -hmm. had she had her first kid like really young in her team Uh And she was like, Adora, like he doesn't want to go to college. Like, how I know? Like, how can he as a guy? Like, uh, and I was like, man, you know, he should have that intention to right. at least have that in the back in the back end. Like, to you know, in case of emergencies, is important to have right. a degree. This is what we, we thought, and it's right. it's okay to have that emergency break glass to have a degree. Absolutely. But her her son was like so adamant of like." nah um i'm gonna learn it. i don't need it i'm gonna learn by myself right and i told her to advise her. i was like okay and i told her i was like you know what let him do what what he wants to do right and if he puts his mind to it he can put his mind to it
2: absolutely this
0: kid well not a kid now i think he's like 25 i can't, uh-huh. I can't remember his age right now this this kid is up in Washington State Uh I mean he did all his Cisco certification He's always been a a Data nerd And Uh like uh doing computers And stuff Mm -hmm. He took Cisco Certification courses At he he didn't go to college. He got a job in one of the tech companies. Yep. He he learned how to code and right. all this stuff. And to now he earns way more th- like way more than me. Right. And I'm like and when, when the mother told me about this of like, oh my God, it's like I'm glad I let him do do that. Right. It just put like put a little tear in my eye. In terms yeah. of like a mix of emotion of just being envious but happy. Right. Because Absolutely. You have, if you do not have those people around your life and say, there's an importance of even having a loved one that say, like, do it. Right. right.
2: Absolutely. And take those
0: risks. Yeah. And this kid was willing to take those risks and was able to say, like, you know, screw it. I'm going right. to pave my own path and take those risks and learn, relearn. He's, he's still learning new things yeah. at the moment.
2: I think... Um, I don't think you have to go to school to get a four year degree to be successful. Nope. I do, however, strongly believe you have to get an education. Yep right 100 so yeah. whether that's just for you so you can learn and understand the systems um but you have i think you have to pick a career you know and it doesn't mean that you need to go to a four-year school to get that career you could do like you know the son in your example yeah. did right he learned something on his own terms in his own way and created a career for himself mm. that's different than just saying School's not for me. Traditional school may not be, right? Yep, but I think in order to survive and to, to thrive and to grow, we have to figure out what it is that we are going to do to earn a living.
0: Yep. Right? Yep.
2: Yep. And there are many, many opportunities, which I think is also great at the community college level. They have all these career technical education programs, right? So if you really like cars, or you really like welding, they have welding certificates, they have welding so programs, super mechanical important. programs yeah. that it gives you a skill to set you up for a career, you know. And you have to take some basic classes, you know, like math and English and yeah. whatever, um, to be able to do that. But you can go and develop a skill that you like that doesn't force you to sit in a classroom in the traditional sense where you may not be as comfortable, right? But I think that there's especially with a lot of our like our younger kids right now thinking that school is so hard And school it's not easy right you're gonna no, you're gonna easy. struggle whether you went to school or you didn't go to school right, right? even in my dream job because what I'm doing now really is my dream job it's still a sacrifice it's still a struggle I live in Oakland and I drive up to Sacramento you know I rent a room from somebody up there and I mm-hmm. stay up there two nights and work three days and come back and I'm exhausted but I love the yeah, job right so even go. though I complain I'm like oh my god I'm mm-hmm. so tired mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. I wouldn't have it any other way way because it beats what I was doing before and and it is the dream job but it's not without sacrifice Mm -hmm. right I think we think in society that we're going to have if it's the right thing it's going to be easy it's not easy it's a lot of work Mm. I'm running a whole program and and growing it and doing all these things I got student complaints I got professor complaints I got to please the administration I got to make sure that my classes are at the top you know I have approval from an outside body the American Bar Association I have to pay attention to it is not easy but it is what I enjoy, it's what I love to do. So, this this kind of misnomer that if you have got it right, if you're doing it right, you know, if you're on the right path, it'll be easy. Like, it's not easy, it's never easy.
0: Oh my god! And you, you're as of now, you're toggling between teaching, yeah, and at the same time, running your own firm,
2: well, well your own business. I'm not, so I stopped taking on new cases okay. probably for like the past couple of years. I still have a couple of cases that I'm wrapping up. I'm getting ready to relaunch the law practice, okay. but in the teaching capacity. So I'm launching courses where I'm teaching people how to form their own businesses. Right. Oh, that's so, so that's, amazing. that's the initial relaunch that I'm working on now, awesome. but it also bridges my, skill and passion for teaching with this legal stuff. What I'm, what I'm doing at community college, college right? I'm, but now I'm, I'm packaging it. It's not for students who want to learn how to be paralegals. Now I'm targeting business owners or people who want to be business owners but need to understand the benefits and the requirements of forming an LLC or a corporation. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm re, uh, re-emerging, recreating, mm-hmm. you know, re- not rebranding, but just uh, redefining what the practice of law looks like for me, right? Using, using all of the skills and experiences that I've built and putting it into something that I want to do, that I think will be fulfilling, that I think will generate some income also, and that I think that the community needs.
0: But hey and oh, man, that that's that's so refreshing to hear and you told me it's like even building your dreams is like you it requires you sacrifice. Work. It requires yeah. work. Right. But it's funny because like I always think in that sense of like, yes, it requires work, but at least that work I rather get stressed in something I want I love right. to do than right. get and something so- than get stressed in something that I'm like Yeah. yeah what's the point and that's yeah. how a lot of people around like easily mo- lose motivation absolutely
2: yeah. absolutely so I think when people are th- are thinking about like entrepreneurship you know people say all the time I want to start a business I want to do this I want to do that what's your advice first thing is usually like pick something you're passionate about yeah you know, some people are passionate about making money and they'll do whatever it is that it takes to nothing make money. Wrong
0: with, nothing wrong with that. Right.
2: right. But most people in reality aren't that passionate about making money, no, right? And people want sort of a quick fix and there is no quick fix. There is no quick fix. So, you know, figure something out that you would want to work towards. You know, and put all the work in that you that, that you would be willing to put the work in that it'll take for you to get to where you want to go. Mm. Because these steps of building a business, year one looks different from year two, year two looks different from year three, but you have to start, you have to crawl before you can run, right? Or crawl before you can... You have to crawl before you walk walk before you run run before you fly Mm. and we look at all these businesses of people especially in the tech industry who have just taken off but we don't study they don't study how
0: long took. oh my god
2: or what they needed to do right and what it looked like year one and so we think that if we're not making you know i don't know how many hundred thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of revenue the first year then we failed and that's not it it's a process right it's a process to get through school it's a process to learn your trade it's a process to learn how to run your business Mm -hmm. um and so i think it's important to have those mentors around us that can walk us through this is what it looked like my first year you know your first year is going well no it's not where you want it to be but that doesn't come yet Mm. that comes in year three or year four i mean most businesses don't generate a profit right away (laughs)
0: Uh, and i I can imagine that that level of stress because yeah, it's no because like i I go crunch base and I go angel, and I sometimes go in those those like researching those companies, and I'm like right. always curious, like right now i'm on the path right now that I am in this job at the moment, uh-huh. I have a roof over my head, it's a way of like yes, in terms of convenience, it's in Oakland, but at the same time, I've been opening my mind of like. Where will I work next that I'm passionate about right. that product, so I'm not more picky. It's kind of like yeah. right now, it's like money is not the motivation. And I research in those companies, and even the few interviews I've heard, I was like, and I noticed, like in myself, I was like, oh my god, it's like I really like their product. That's right. the key. And a lot, of people um, get into that situation of liking the process of liking right. the product, right. and it made it kind of trigger this entrepreneur sense in me. Hopefully, if I if I get it, it's like. You got to love your product, no matter gain or loss or profit or loss. And I feel that because you go on business school, is like, they, I think the market is always so obsessed with mm-hmm. profit, with mm-hmm. that green arrow going mm-hmm. up. And they don't appreciate, they're not, I, I just feel frustrated of a lot of big companies out there, they're not willing to take a red for right. some sort of like, change or some sort of right. benefit right. or right. whatever it's like yeah. they don't they don't they don't put like we have this loss because they always put like the negative of what they saw from the loss but they don't put the positive of mm-hmm. what from the loss right we had this red because we spent money on let, let's just say um giving given women in our company maternal leave right it, 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 yeah. like things, things like that, and things like what, what can you record your loss in the positive, and right, and that's right. one of the things like I'm trying to learn from you guys is like. What like think about even your your businesses right now? Even what you do, what have you learned? What are the positives you've you've taken from your loss? Right from your losses. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So So I I think think also redefining like what is is loss, loss, right? right? Mm -hmm. Because society tells us. So my my mom worked for the same school district for thirty nine years, you know, and she (sighs) she was in another school district before that. So over forty years of of experience. My uncle, same thing. Over forty years for the same company. My auntie, same thing. I don't think it was. Quite forty, but 30, over thirty-five, right? Mm-hmm. So they're, so they're of that generation where, where you get, get in with a company, company and you're loyal, right? right? Yep. And you they're stay they're there, and they that will that be stuff. absolutely, yep. and they will be loyal back to you. We're, We're not in that nope. generation; nope. that does not exist for us anymore. So, um when I, when I, I was looking at te- teaching um a few years, years before, before that, I was I, merged I had merged my law firm with a really good friend of mine, and, and towards the end, he was like. Asha, you clearly hate this. What do you, you want to do? And I was like, Yeah, you're right. I, I don't like litigation. My heart's not in it. I don't want to come to work every day. Um, he's like, What do you love to do? I was like, I love to teach. I want a job that pays me enough to live off of. And I want to be able to travel. And he just kind of laughed at me. He was like, Yeah, right. Because where do you find that? Right. You know, probably a year and a half later is when I got the offer to teach full time. And it wasn't until the spring. Um, I don't, I don't know if it was the spring, spring of that year or a year and a year later when I realized it dawned on me, wow, Asha, you're actually in your dream job. You have you are making enough money to live off of, which is less than I was making running right my own practice. Right. You have flexibility. I only have to teach. My classes are stacked, so they're on two days, but I'm, I'm in Sacramento three days a week. So I've set it up where I'm there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I come back here Thursday night, right? And so I have Friday, Saturday, Saturday Sunday, Monday to myself. I still have to get my work done, but I can do it from wherever. Flexibility, right? I have time. Right. I have, I'm on the school schedule, so I have the same vacation schedule. So I get the, the month off between semesters. I get spring break and I get two and a half months off in the summer if I choose not to work summer school. So I had sort of put that into the atmosphere and it came back to me. So for some people, they may say that you, me not running to run my own law firm anymore and taking a pay cut may be a loss. Right, right? Mm -hmm. but I had already said what is success for me, and that's the you know, it's the three things I said: is making enough enough money to live off of, having flexibility in my schedule, and being able to travel. I've traveled more in the last two years, you know, than I had before my entire life. And people are going, "How does she employ?" People ask my parents all the time, "Is she employed?" They're like, "Yes, she has a job," you know. But for me, that's success. Do I own a house in the Bay Area? No. Do a lot of people? (laughs) No.
1: No, You know. About
2: it? <laughs> am i you know did i make it i don't know did, was i able to hire 10 employees in my law practice no but for me that wasn't mm. what success was mm. have i had loss in the sense of i've tried to do things that haven't worked business-wise absolutely but it's a learning opportunity right yeah. it's i don't like having 10 or 15 cases all the time that I have to dive into. So that in a sense could be a loss that the traditional law practice model doesn't work for me.
0: Still your quality in paying attention to the existing clients skyrockets because of the amount of time.
2: Right. But also learning from that and, and teaching has said, you know what? I realize that I really like giving people information. Here's how I'm going to take the knowledge that I have learned from that quote unquote loss and put it into something that is different Mm. but something that i enjoy right so all of these experiences are learning opportunities i don't really call them losses right i may be wondering how i remember times wondering like okay these bills are due in the next week how like Am I failing because I don't have the money right now to do it Mm. or do I look at it as an opportunity to tweak a system, to tweak a process and really figure out what does work?
0: That's that hustler mentality, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I think it's like, it also... So I'm reading Mindset right now by, by Carol Dweckin. Yes, doing, I haven't you know,
0: saved this, my Amazon books. There you, uh, go. you You have no idea. I've been reading way more than usual. Oh, good, 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 good. It.
2: So you talk about fixed mindset is where you feel like your talent and your skills are innate, right? Intelligence is, an is innate, and you'll never be able to learn more or grow more. And for people with fixed mindsets a loss or a a failure failure is like, the worst thing in the world because it is a commentary on who you are as a person and what your skills are, Mm. right? So someone with a fixed mindset, if they didn't make profit the first year, they're like, this is hopeless. I failed, you know, and it's super dramatic and you're not willing to grow, right? Growth mindset really looks at every opportunity as being able to learn and grow and do more. I may not have the skills yet, but I can learn. I'm not afraid to bring in somebody else who has the skills so we can grow together, right? Mm. right? Mm-hmm. and so folks who like running a, a law practice by any business as an entrepreneur by myself um or anybody by themselves or with other people if you have that fixed mindset thinking this is the skill that I have this is all that I have I have to make it work on this and if I have a failure then I'm then I am a failure that's not going to help you grow because an entrepreneur you have to reinvent all the time you test the market some things work some things don't and you have to reinvent you have to if you think of a big company like Uber started out right in in ride shares um, but now they have have uber eats they have food Mm. delivery stuff you know they work with is it no it's it's amazon that works with with whole foods but they've had to reinvent multiple yeah. times if you look at something like Airbnb it started because there was a conference in San Francisco and these guys decided to rent their room and it's bloomed into this company but Airbnb doesn't just do homes they now also do experiences yep. so you can look up okay I want to do a cooking class when I get to blah, blah, you know blah. Yeah. China yeah. right mm-hmm. and that's not what it was before but they have reinvented and grown to become more relevant in a fixed mindset they would say we only you know, the leader, do this
0: when you learn through this, exactly this. Yep.
2: Exactly. Yep. And so with growth they're saying, hey, there's an opportunity over here as well that may help this other side.
0: I mean there there is there is benefits in staying your own lane and being a specialist and doing it really mm-hmm. well. But <laughs> there is a debate of like, well, but that doesn't enact growth at the same time. But if you're a specialist in something and in that enact in the growth in different areas in terms Absolutely. of, like, you want soft skills. Like, for example, like, I, I'm just saying, like, because those are so important. Like, yeah. if you were to bring someone within your firm, it's right. like you'd rather have someone with those soft skills rather than the specialist right. that's right. an asshole.
2: Right. <laughs> so maybe I'm, you know, maybe I won't pick the person who can type, you know, 300 words a minute. Won't do that. Right. But I will pick the person who is really good at screening phone calls and identifying client needs so it can be that filter because that's what I need. I can type fine just by myself. Yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So you, you can bring in people who are complimentary. I tell that to people who are starting, uh, corporations or nonprofits I said, don't bring in everybody who's just like you. You know, don't partner in Man. business with someone who is just like you. That's what you might gravitate so towards. So important. Right. So important. Not, I'm not the greatest with numbers. Like, I want somebody who, if I'm going to be in business with somebody, I want somebody who can balance me out. I have no problem talking to people and networking and stuff. I'm not good at sales. I want to bring in someone who's mm. better at sales that will help our company grow. It's not an affront to me. I'm not less of a person or less yeah. talented yep. at what I do because I don't have a skill in this area. Right. It's not it's you kind of have to get out of your own way. Right. It's not an affront towards me. It's okay. I want to grow this. I'm realistic about what I can and cannot do. I know that I can grow and do things. But if someone else if Adora is great at project management, why would I sit here and beat my head against the wall and not hire Adora to manage this doggone projects? It doesn't make any sense. You know, you're wasting time.
0: I know it's a good example, but it's it's amazing when people just lack that.
2: Absolutely. Intuition. But it's not about you. I mean, it is about, about you, but it's not about you. No, no, you. no. It is not way. all
0: about you, yo. Yeah. <laughs> right? I sometimes meditate to myself of just like, Especially if you're trying to change something, you're trying to say it should be this. And and if you see it from a grand scale and just meditate to yourself, it's not about you. Oh, my God. Right
2: and even even when we think that people have made it all by themselves nobody nobody has you know there's somebody who believed in you there's someone who gave you a little business tip there's somebody you know who said you could do it there's you you pick up things from other people right and so nobody really really makes it all by themselves
0: and in terms of that no one makes it all by himself how do you yourself because and i bet 100 you have some family members like they're naysayers. <laughs> huge naysayers i
2: wouldn't say i wouldn't say huge naysayers but so like i told you my mom worked for yeah. 39 years for the same school oh, district yeah. in portland right and so um security for her is was working for the same company exactly. so when i was running my own business my mom and i are super close we talk every day mm. um and so i would and i process things out loud so i'd be like oh my god i don't know how i'm gonna do this or i don't i yep. You know, I would complain. Right. And it, and it wasn't it was me processing out loud. It drove her crazy <laughs> because especially because I'm her child. Right. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, is she OK? I just want her to be secure. Yeah. I want her to retire. Yeah. Like, what is what is she going to That's have if she's it. struggling? Right. Mm-hmm. But she didn't have the entrepreneur experience and she knew people who had had their own businesses, but she'd never witnessed someone go through the process of growing right in that realm so i finally realized that i wasn't going to get that kind of support from my mom Mm -hmm. right i couldn't talk to her about what was what i was struggling with in business even as my mother because it would just stress her out and she didn't know how to say you can do it baby keep going right she'd be like well maybe you should get a job (laughs) i'm like i have a career you know what i mean so Whereas other people, um, my support really came from other solo um, attorneys who were doing it themselves because they had been through the process. So it wasn't so much. I know some people do have naysayers, right? Definitely. I didn't so much have naysayers in my family. I didn't have folks who had been there who can encourage me on that path mm-hmm. and so i had to go
0: and then i elsewhere. and i bet that was why it was easier for you to just say okay got it you know because you have that understanding. It's like they've not been through that path right you know, it took me a like, while though no i okay i I'm, believe me it's it, it took me a while you know sometimes i'll be defensive yeah. but i'll be like oh um okay i'll i'll take your word to it it's just that and all of a sudden you remember it's like they've not been through exactly that that path you can't just you can't just try to seek support and it's hard because they're blood and you can't just act to seek support from someone no matter blood or or not who has not been through that path what do you expect you know they've not been through that path so what you're going to get from them is kind of like come on yeah and the sooner you realize that then (laughs) unless it is on you because you've got your own insecurities
2: as an entrepreneur like oh my god i never and it wasn't until i looked up until people would say like asha wow you're really doing this you're i'm like i'm doing what (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean i feel like i'm failing every day right but then when i would turn around and look back like oh look this is how far i had come but i'm just that person that doesn't really look back like i need to do a better job of acknowledging the accomplishments along the way but i am like I'm my mom in the sense of this is this, this is where i am right yeah. now this is where i'm trying to go you know
0: i'll give you an example of why i'm, I'm i have that similar personality mm-hmm. the time i was living in arkansas 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 <laughs> uh, some people make fun of it and call it kansas where it's a nice place
2: <laughs> yeah right but
0: um I was renting a townhouse and that's the townhouse like I've been through with Uh a stable job then whatever and (laughs) there's a neighbor black dude with a family next door in the same townhouse Mm -hmm. and he called out to me this was when I was about to go work and he was like yo bro you live alone I was like yeah Mm
1: -hmm. and he
0: was like you're lying I was like what are you talking about he was like it's like, old older you? I think I was twenty-two at that point, uh-huh. point. and he was like, "He's like, dude, do you know some brothers who killed to be where you at right now?" I paused for a second and I smiled, and I was like, "Do you know what, man? I I still think it's not enough." I was right. like, "I I when I re- like reflect back and right. see his compared to his situation of what he is and where I am, it's right. it's so hard to look back sometimes and be like." No, no. Oh, even in that family. current situation where I am, yeah, I've, I still thought I was a failure. Right. right. I'm in a land where I don't know anybody. I took the chance, the risk, to just be at out, be out my parents' place after right. I graduated from college. Yeah. There was no job at that. I, I graduated in 2008. It was going to 2009. It uh-huh. was terrible. I graduated in electrical engineering. I never did any electrical engineering job. I didn't right. have any internship. And all of a sudden, I'm resetting myself doing some other job in HP right. that in, kind of brought me to Arkansas. this path in fucking Arkansas. Right. So I thought in a weird way that I was a failure. Right. But to some other person's eye, it was like, yo, you're killing it. I was like, yeah. what? Right. Get the fuck out of here. It's, <laughs> it's all about perspective. <laughs> and right? it's all about perspective. And sometimes I still remind myself, I'm in a freaking apartment we're in a freaking apartment right now that's five blocks away from the lake, and I'm a right. single black man right right let let let's put right. that let's put that into perspective yeah but sometimes it's like you don't think about it right right, and you
2: pause and and really acknowledge and appreciate where you are doesn't mean that you don't want to keep going right? it doesn't
0: mean i don't want to keep going right it doesn't mean like oh i'm 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 too hungry, i don't have this it's like no, it's just like. I feel that oh, I'm not there yet. right This podcast is actually in a weird way my my resolve, my own insecurity of mm-hmm. being being scared to push that red button and right. say, like, yo, where is that? But in right. a weird way, it's kind of starting something yeah. organically. Absolutely. So right now I'm just focusing is it's important to just focus on the now. Uh-huh. But at the same time, I need to learn and appreciate the beginnings. And right to, to hear you share your beginnings is so amazing because Shoot, like, even when we talk about demographics, how many black women are in law? Ooh, there you go. Not enough. There you go. Not right? enough.
2: Probably more women, more black women than men, but still, our community is still extremely small. I mean, yeah. I, even in my department at the school, in, in where I'm under behavior and social sciences, and I'm the only black woman professor out of, like, 40 full-timers, maybe, oh, in my department. There are, there are two, two men, main, one's and one's getting ready, retire, and ready to retire. You know, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and it's, right? And, and it's so important. Um, I'm not saying to put the pressure on yourself, but in terms of representation, especially in that yes. in that side in our communities, I, I sometimes it just hurts me. There's not as much representation.
2: Absolutely, I,
0: I bet you think about that, but there's times you be like, "Oh, really?" You know? Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, being, I mean, especially like so. I had. Um, two students um two black students come to me a couple weeks ago and they were in an english class who they actually had a, a black professor so it was great so they were reading sula by Toni morrison oh. and i had not probably read that since like ever I don't know, high, school high school or college school or something like that yeah. Yeah. yeah it was it was so long ago but the, i just had my door open um and they came to me and were like I know you're not English, but can you help us with this essay? We don't really understand what's going on, um but we need some help. And I was like, "Okay, I haven't read this book in—I don't know how long. I'm gonna get on Google real quick and see what I can find. Refresh my my memory, but at least Spark I like notes. I, right, exactly. I don't even know if they use that anymore. But I don't know. if
0: still exists? Yeah. I don't know.
2: but um so I like I put this I didn't have a whiteboard in my office but I put this giant sticky note up put some paper up and I was like okay you guys tell me what's going on and by the time we were done 45 minutes later they felt so much more ready to go and write their essay and more empowered and I was thinking what if my door had been closed what if I hadn't been there you know would they have found somebody else you know would they have been comfortable and I was like dang I gotta go find all these English reading lists and read all these books so I'll you know so so I'll remember what's going on but it was just a reminder to me that it was that it's important for me to be in these places even when i'm stuck in my own head about the politics and yeah, you know yeah and like you can get lost
0: in that you can get mad totally. in that and you will be like totally. no don't don't think yeah. about that
2: another student came to me and he was like you know ash i'm in this this bio class and the professor always gives examples of case studies but he's like I feel like like the examples that she gives of black people are always negative, you know, Mm. and the ones from, of like white folks are, are not always negative. And so every every time she tells, uh, describes a case study, like I'm feeling some kind of way. Like, is that, is it just me? I was like, no, it's not just you. If you feel something, then it's there. He was like, okay, so "So what do do?" I do? And just to be able to, to, process with him to validate his feelings number one because he was feeling completely isolated in this class and and it was getting in the way of his able his ability to retain and learn the information he's bright he's in biopsychology right but this this cultural kind of um a front, you know there's something that just just made him so uncomfortable in his own skin in this biopsychology class was standing in the way of him being able to produce this information retain it and and deal with the professor so he was talking to me about what should he do should he say something should he write an email should he do it in person should he call her should he you know what how should he respond to that and I said well you know it's up to you it's completely up to you and if you want me to talk to the professor I will do that on your behalf. If you want to handle it yourself, I will do that on your behalf. If you want to wait until the semester's over, if you're afraid that she might change your grade or grade you more harshly, I will support you in that, whatever you want to do. But just to have somebody who looked like him, who understood, you know, and who wouldn't say, no, you're just being sensitive right away. Mm -hmm. So he can have that space to process Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. was so important for him. And the
0: fact that you give him that flexibility of the paths that he wanted to do, it's kind of like... You know, I bet if he went to someone else, he would be like, no, like, that's right. bullshit. You should, you right. should, you should write something up. Which is a path, but it's right. kind of like you still gave him those choices of like, it's okay to have that feeling and think about it.
2: Yeah, you absolutely. Know?
0: And when is the right time? It is the right, right time you right. Know, for you. We
2: still got to survive, right? Like, we, like he still Yo. needs a grade from yeah. the professor, you know, and so unfortunately he has to be really choosy about how he responds, mm. you know, but just to think again, he's not my student. He's just a student on campus that I've created a relationship with. And he feels fortunately comfortable enough to come and talk to me. You know, another student too. not I'm not his professor, but he's like, hey, I want to do this thing in music and arts. I'm like, I don't really know much about music and arts, but I will be your club advisor if you want to. And I'll work with you mm, through this awesome. and, and give you some support and whatever skills I have in the area, which are not very many, mm-hmm. you know, to help you out. He's like, oh, OK, good. And now he started his own club. So if we're not in these places, you know, people just have our students have less resources, you know. <sighs>
0: I wish I had I wish I had Miss Wilkerson when I was a version of Miss Wilkerson when I was in freaking college
1: right you know me too me too shoot where was I when I was like like,
0: sometimes it's like it it put a smile on my face you see we're growing older and you see all these kids like with this now available counseling resources it's like right to help if only yeah. i knew right if only i knew i would have like signed up for scholarships and like uh, you know all this yeah. r- information oh, all and all the different paths you can take right. it's right. like but no i i'm glad you you are there in that sphere to to be to make yourself even available you don't so you don't only just, you know, blindside someone or just make yourself less available. Don't get me wrong, it's right, like right. you need to choose your own your own people and your own time to care of your own self first before right. taking right. care of people right i bet you meditate on that a lot mm-hmm. as well
2: i try <laughs> you try
0: ah! <laughs> so I, I pay
2: it lip service my follow-through is a little suspect um, uh, <laughs> hey,
0: but it's 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 fine you know you, you sometimes you you can't help it and you right. know, sometimes you can you can uh, burn burn out right but what an interesting path, and one of the things I, I've seen in your, in your social media, like, what made you so upfront in presenting lost stories, especially what you, you're dealing with right now mm-hmm. and sharing with people? How, how did that, how did that, how I say, how did that come into fruition Yeah, in building so your following?
2: Yeah, about being upfront, I decided in high school, so in high school I was the only black girl, woman in my graduating class, right?
0: was portland right
2: it was portland it was also a private school
0: oh okay um
2: and there it was very clearly defined the popular kids and the unpopular kids right and i did not drink alcohol until i was in law school I think, I think it, like, I'd had a sip, but I, I didn't drink. And part of it was um, one, I wasn't old enough too, which doesn't stop anybody. But two, I'm the type of person that doesn't want to do what everybody else is doing just because they're doing it. So I don't have an iPhone. Shock and all. I don't have an iPhone, right? I love, I love Apple products. I don't have an iPhone. Don't like them. Um,
0: <laughs> I judge people with the green text. Right?
2: <laughs> right. Exactly. So I decided in high school I was going to be me no matter what. Like I wasn't going to try and fit in with the crowd and be someone that I wasn't because what kind of life is that it's just uncomfortable and you're always putting on airs right and so once you get comfortable saying this is just me this is how I am it doesn't mean that you can't be refined and you don't grow and you don't change and you know adapt but really being true to myself so that happened way back in high school doesn't mean that I always got it right but that was where where it started um on social media i am just myself you know that it's just my voice but it's funny because you know you're talking about it and other people will tell me about it but half the time i'm like nobody wants to hear this <laughs> nobody nobody cares like you know it's funny because the pictures of yourself get way more likes i'm tired of putting my face out there i don't want another I picture have. of myself
0: you're at fine. all. fine stop it i
2: don't i don't want it i just don't want it right I am 100% fine facilitating a conversation and, you know, like... Being, being the MC, MC of something, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't need it to be all about me. Even like, even like my birthday party, that birthday party, that I threw a big birthday party. I was, I was constantly party, thinking about how would everybody have the most fun, mm-hmm. right? And that's, and that's where, where I enjoy, enjoy kind of that facilitation. So, so Great um,
0: birthday party, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty fantastic. Uh,
2: uh, <laughs> um, so I guess just what's, what's out there, there is just a reflection of me. You know, it is. it is not uh not not trying trying to sell sell the dream story story, right it is just a reflection of me and interestingly uh, um i had had eaten something something a couple weeks ago ago, maybe about a month ago and i had this huge breakout on my face and my skin is still recovering but i'd i'd had like these two um lumps yeah bumps Mm. on my like on the side of my chin and i'd put some stuff on it that made it worse right and so um you know we we say to people all the time like be comfortable in your own skin it doesn't matter what you look like you're still beautiful you're still loved you know you have to think about that and i needed to record some video talking about like our expungement workshop in sacramento and something else right and i was like am i really gonna do this am i gonna sit here with this like welt on my on my 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 face right (laughs) Nor am i gonna not do it because i'm afraid of what people look like and i said asha if you were telling people it doesn't matter what you look like be comfortable in your own skin you have to also be comfortable in your own skin so i got on that bad boy chin all to the front like this is what it is you know i didn't call it out but i was like who cares who cares if i have this ugly thing on my face it's gonna go away you know and and I'm not not going to to pretend to be
1: be something
2: that that I'm not I was telling my friend that story and she said she really needed to hear it because her social media is super curated to the like to look
0: like, good every time yeah I
2: mean she's mm-hmm. got like 20,000 25,000 followers oh, or something damn. like that that have all grown organically um, she's in sort of like fashion and stuff okay, and she obviously. said you know I really needed to hear that because I try and make everything perfect mm-hmm. you know and so far it's worked for her but there's also a hesitancy or there's so much production about putting something on there I'll post after I'm working out sweating, sweating I stuff respect on my that face. I'm like it is what it is you know not everyone's gonna like it but I don't don't have the energy um, or the interest in being anybody other than me. me so what you see is what you get you can always, you can always unfollow
0: i like you don't like what i say but like one of the things I, I recorded an introduction <laughs> to this podcast i had an introduction uh-huh. episode with just me this was like around january and i, I was thinking I was like, oh my god how can i please this audience please this right. audience and i was like hold on a second this is all about me. Right. In a right. weird way, it's right. selfish. Right. It's fine. I have right. every right to be so. This is me. Yeah. This is a lesson for me. I'm gonna put it out there. So you guys take it or leave it. Right. Right. You know, because if you don't have the mindset of saying like I'm doing this for me, right. and whoever can can whatever whoever can absorb, that's so right. important. Right. right. And to even have that discipline that simple mindset is so hard for some people it is hard, i'll give man. me an example i'm a dude you know sometimes i'll follow like models like mm-hmm. um of like nice super uh, instagram models right. right right but one of the models i follow is like yeah you know you like what she does and stuff all of a sudden she just said fuck it she didn't even put any makeup and whatever and all right. of a sudden i was way more attracted because oh, i was wow. like oh wow because yeah the you you are usually in that in that um, platform to say okay this is the face I'm putting and all of a sudden to just have the notions like yo this is me without the makeup or right. whatever right and that kind of thought me was like oh yeah be fucking authentic in your own right. self right. it's like don't always. Um, I mean, yeah, sometimes you shouldn't overshare and stuff like that, but you shouldn't sometimes just post on the positive parts of your life, but understand that, look, you're human, I even have the negative side of my my life, too, and I'm so proud of people, like, public figures, like, sometimes, like, they post their worst sometimes, even when it's time when did they even have to do it or not? Right,
2: you know. right, right, yeah, because yeah, it's not all roses, and again, and again like we think we that think success, success is this destination, destination but I think it's just, just a journey, journey yeah. right, it's it's showing, it's showing up every day being the best, best that you can be mm-hmm. growing and learning and, and, you know, working on your way to where you want to go because if I thought, like if I define success just from being an attorney well I'm not really practicing that much anymore mm-hmm. so now am I unsuccessful because I've decided to do something different no but look at the progress even like your podcast right mm-hmm. Wh- who, I don't know what will what will make you successful in your mind but look at you've taken a, an idea you know you're working with someone to create the intro music mm-hmm. you have recorded a number of podcasts already mm-hmm. and you will put it out there mm-hmm. even just launching mm-hmm. even if you only even if you stop right here that's already a form of success mm. of course you probably want more right i'm not even
0: thinking about the destination do it i'm just awesome. like i'm just thinking like yo i have awesome people in my community i just want to yeah. talk to them yeah and the fact that I'm not thinking of the destination because I'm a warrior worth. I tell you, I'm yeah. a warrior worth. Yeah. I always think about the destination, how to right. get there. It is a strength on its own to right. plan ahead. But this is one of the forms that I'm so comfortable with. And I listen to a lot of podcasts. I was like, oh my God, I can do this yeah. too. Yeah, totally. So I just think of the present moment right here around right this right. table, just having a conversation and right. whatever is out there is out there. And yeah, it And it resonates. And I don't think... As things are going on right now, I don't think it's going to stop because when is the last time you've had a conversation with me for like an hour and a half, I think? <laughs> right. Or is it going like an hour and a half? But yeah, we need to bring that back to learn from it. And that's Absolutely. what my... My motivation was is like to have this type of long-form conversations and right. learn right. from people like yeah, you. Yeah, and
2: I, and I think not being worried about the destination yeah. allows you to be more authentic, right? Yeah. So people will start um, posting stuff... To, for, for the likes right you know for the, for the feedback yeah yeah. I mean we I think we all have done it to some point mm-hmm. right but what happens to some folks is you start posting stuff or showing stuff just to get the response and before you know it you are so far away from what you wanted initially right that can definitely happen mm-hmm. um, and then you wake up and you're like what, what am I what am I doing <laughs> you forget your,
0: think, your mission yeah, you're scoping it exactly right. but yeah. I
2: think we do it all the time with career right oh like, my god you Nigerian families and education is super important, right yeah, I mean my parents my mom is not Nigerian, but she has some expectations mm-hmm. right and and there's the um you know the the value system that doesn't isn't always your value system, right and how do you do your thing being true and authentic mm-hmm. to yourself while sort of filtering. The noise, the noise and the influence that comes from those who are closest to us, mm. who want the best for us, and they know, they know how to get it in the way that they did it, but that not, might not be nope. the way that we want nope. it. And to even be able to deviate from that, we were talking earlier about like the job. Um, once you get out of survival mode, like I have never actually been in survival mode. Fortunately, I didn't yeah awesome. I didn't have to worry about like the finances mm-hmm. I, I was never hungry as a kid Good. I never thought about money as a kid fortunately because my mom had a job that, awesome. that made enough mm-hmm. right not everybody's like that so I have friends who also went to law school who know that they have financial responsibility for other people and so it's not as easy for them to say let me just follow my path because if they don't make it the stakes are higher right mm. or when they hit those bumps in the road it affects more than just them Mm
1: -hmm.
2: like I fortunately I I don't have any kids I don't have any kids I'm not married so really it's just me right if I take a risk it's just me my parents are able to support themselves and I think that that is something that has to be taken into consideration but i don't think that that should stop people from following what they want to do yeah. it just means that it may need to be a little bit more planned i'm
0: more calculated right? Right. like even even um oh man that this, this this is like especially even single parents that yeah. we know
2: especially single parents.
0: oh my god like we we have a few folks we know in the community uh-huh. um example nikita uh-huh what? <laughs> I I'm like and sometimes I'm like how the fuck do you do it? Like she 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 has her own Pilates business. Yeah. Yep. She she teaches um she teaches ballet to kids in in Richmond and yep. she I was like Hold on a second, right? And it's kind of in her in her mindset is like she is still hustling. I was I yeah. like, since what? Since I've known her, she she hustles, and hustles, right? And to be able to create the time and be a mother, and I'm yeah. like, oh my god! Like you, you see examples like that, you like, oh shit! I have no complaints.
2: Yeah, I have yeah. no I mean, complaints. And, and she loves what she does. She loves, she loves she would it. Have it any other way? And I bet that because she loves what she does, she's able to spend more kind of quality time with her child you know because when you are i mean i've i've seen all the time when people who are unhappy with whatever they're doing even if it's bringing in money it affects those around you like i was just Mm. um with my mom's friend's son right he's got um two kids and a wife and he works, he works in a, in a school, district school district and he's special in special education. And he was just talking about the budget and stuff and how they're cutting the budget. And they the, every year the school is trying to implement some new program. And it doesn't give the teachers enough training to learn how to do it. You're working with special ed kids, kids that have behavioral issues or learning disabilities and things like that. It is a tough job. They're already underpaid. He is so frustrated and so miserable right now because of the stuff that is happening at work. He's bringing in money to support the family, but He's, he's just not, not who he was, he was even one. three months ago because this thing this emotional drain in his career is affecting him and it's affecting how he interacts with other people mm-hmm. you know and so it's not just about the money there has in my opinion there has to be some element of enjoyment and of, enjoyment and of of quality but I I do understand understand that if you are so focused on getting just money on the table to support your family you don't have as much um leeway or cushion to just try and figure out your path. But I do encourage you to figure out how to get there and make a plan to do it because it'll make you will enjoy yourself more and you will enjoy the other people. And have a thing partner that, that
0: supports that. Well if, if you have that partner that supports right. that right. at the same time. Because we are always it will parents generation will always on that mindset of not to their fault of like you kind of <laughs> It feels like we kinda owe them something. Yeah. Yeah. Or oh, like yeah. we sacrifice so much. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh,
1: that's the biggest <laughs> That's guilt the
0: trip. biggest guilt trip. Are you like okay, you right. know, it's like you sacrifice so much and stuff, but in the end of the day it's like they need to learn like we don't owe them anything right. in, in, yeah. in in a way. I, I, I it's it's kind of like because even in my culture There's always this Weird thin line I always say There's a this is a weird thin line Between selfishness And self-worth Yeah, yeah. And I've actually yeah. I've, an, I've actually um, As I've been growing older I'm not scared To be called selfish Because yeah. of Yeah like, In each and every one Per- person have to follow my own path but right. i told my dad now is like hey dad i'm actually doing a podcast he's like what's podcast right. what <laughs> are you even, why are you freaking wasting your time you're supposed right. to even be going to get your mba and right. you're wasting right. your but time but let it blow up This tune will be different yeah exactly sure. exactly he, they're always like that yeah they're always like that they want to see they want to see the results i'm right. like oh, okay i'll, I'll.
2: Yeah, he probably still won't understand what the heck a podcast is, but when you're like, oh, I'm going to take you on vacation. Can you imagine? Like, I like your podcast.
0: <laughs> I just see the benefit. I have an example. Uh, Kamaru Usman is a, is a UFC fighter. He's a Nigerian dude from Houston. Uh-huh. And, um, and, and, and it's funny because it's like we raised that culture. It's like, why is he a, a cage fighter? I was like, I can imagine his his dad or mom's like, ah. Why are you in a kid, you are wasting your time and you're going there to entertain people like a like <laughs> right. Like, but all right. of a sudden he's a, he he won a he won something and <laughs> everyone right. is congregated around him. Absolutely, because people always they don't see the process. They, yeah. don't, they don't always see the passion. But once they sometimes see the results, you're like, right. you right. be like, you just roll your eye. You like, oh god,
2: right? And <laughs> I think that's that's important too, especially on your own journey, is that you can't tell everybody what you
0: plan to do. Uh, you know people, yep. you know what? I've learned that. Right, right. People that.
2: say that like in in like a sort of like from a scarcity they think oh they're gonna steal my idea no it's yep. not that it's that you know your friends didn't give you the vision so they're not gonna understand going it to you know and you gotta you gotta pursue your own vision and sometimes yeah i mean like think about like even these big country companies lyft and uber and, and apple mm. and whatever even the like the corner store down the street there's people who didn't believe that it was possible mm. right or like a cell phone how do we have cell phones now and how do we have iphones now and like all these things, mm-hmm. things that, are, that are super crazy. Then I guarantee people looked at Steve Jobs like he was crazy. The man, oh, was, crazy. man was
0: legitimately crazy. Like He, was, he, he was, was special. He was special. Right?
2: And, it, and, and he didn't have a whole lot of friends around mm. him. but He was a creator and he stuck to his vision and look at the company that he has been able to grow, right? So same thing. It's like you can have your own vision and as long as you believe in it and if you are willing to work for it, who can tell you no? Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Who can tell yeah. you no? And that's self-motivation and they were able to, in a weird way, self-motivate himself. And in talks of that, how were you able, even now, to self-motivate yourself?
2: Right. Um, So I learned after a couple years of litigation, I am not able to do something I don't like.
0: Simple (laughs) as that. Okay. Well taken.
2: I know that there are plenty of people, and it's a luxury also to be able to um, be independent in the sense of I don't have to take care of anybody else to be able to figure out what I like you know and and I don't have to um, put food on the table for anybody else so I don't have to get a job that pays X amount of money even when I don't like it right not everybody is in that position Mm -hmm. but I do know that that about myself Um, and also a few years ago I took uh, some tests or or looked at a list of questions to see what my natural skill set was and looked at what kinds of things i could do that support that natural skill set so i don't mind talking to folks i enjoy teaching um i'm not afraid to speak in front of audiences you know i like explaining things and breaking them down i like studying so you know that led to funny it said law also but also um being a professor Mm. and those are the two things that i do right but but I, know, but I know if I ever go back into a law practice I don't like the nitty gritty part of it but I really like talking to people um, about their business and the education side of it and I like making connections to to get clients right I like that there are other people who really like to do the research and the writing and they don't want to be in front of people so let those people do that and I'll do what I do and, and when you work within your strengths when you find a, a place that um, is a fit for you where you can bring all of of you to the table, your growth growth is exponential. exponential. Right. Even in in at the community college and the paralegal program, I really just have a heart for people. So we started an expungement clinic. The criminal professor and I were like, you know what? We can we can do this clinic. We can train our paralegal students how to clear people's criminal records. We'll bring attorneys in to supervise and we can do this. It's going to help train our students. It's going to help the community. And it's going to get attorneys in here to be able to do some pro bono work. Right. To date, I think we are the, I think only three schools in California that are approved by the American Bar Association have ever done it. I think we are the only paralegal program that one runs a regular um, expungement clinic on campus. We're doing something new, thought outside the box. They do it at law schools, but everyone's like, well. How are we going to do this, and what about people coming yeah. on campus, and what about this, and what about the ABA approval? So many doubters i said i don 't care. Yeah. care i don 't care. Mm-hmm. This is my goal i 'm going to figure out how to make mm-hmm. it happen right and I believed in it, and now it 's like you know i 'm making everybody look good at the school <laughs> because we got a little article on nPR we 've been you know on the local news on the radio stations and stuff, Then that 's not why we did it, but people questioned the vision beforehand, and i didn 't listen to them i said i 'm going to work with the folks who believe in the vision. And we'll see and we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. You know, I always, I'm like, I always, <laughs> I'm the type of person that always congregate to that person that a lot of folks talk that person's thought that person's vision was BS. Right. Right. I always gravitate to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important to gravitate to that because it's kind of like that is that shows like you're on the right path. If right. there are people challenging you right even people you love challenging yeah. you that this ain't gonna work out is a more reason more to keep keep at it you know yeah. but it's so it's so easy it's so easy to to pay attention to to a lot of people out there just right, right. like yeah it's not gonna work out yeah. yeah can you imagine how many like attempted things that would have been successful just because someone I listened know. to someone
2: they say right and they say like you know most of the time people quit they're just two steps away from being successful now i don't know how they measure that i, I no. know i know
0: but I'm, i don't know if it's two steps i think right. i think it might be a flight of stairs i don't but, think it's right. two steps But, but i get the i get the point
2: right but it sounds i mean it, it sounds yeah. good right and it and it makes sense because i can see like even you're talking about social media i'm like i'm so over Posting on social media, like I'm so over this, right? Or even the class mm-hmm. that I'm launching now. It's only been a week, I think, since I've been sort of advertising, and not not advertising very hard. And it hasn't gotten the response that I hope. I'm like, oh, this is just pointless. Mm-hmm. And I know, logically, I know it's not, it's not, you know. And I know that people need it because they still call me and ask me mm-hmm. for this information. Um, but I haven't gotten it in front of the right people yet. And there's that that dip where you question yourself and question is it worth it? And now that i'm able to name what that is that lull that 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 dip in the process i can tell myself this is what it is just keep going because you've talked to people it's been validated you know you just got to keep going you already know what it you know what it is so just do it Mm. you know like oh okay as
0: i mentioned in the podcast no sponsorship with this guys but isn't nike amazing yeah (laughs) yeah like to just say just do it like it's, yeah I-, I don't know i want to talk to the original marketers of that because there's power to just saying that yeah you know
2: they it. they say all the time and it, it's Noth- sell nothing all the time. to it but to do it nothing to, but to it, but do to it. do
0: it and it's it's so fucking powerful too yeah and people are like oh what if i feel it's like well you did right. it, right?
2: Right. <laughs> and also, another one yeah. that I've been yeah. like thinking about a lot lately is done, done better. is better than perfect.
0: Right, wow! Right? If you, I've not heard that.
2: If you wait to be perfect, right, you will never, you will never get it done. Mm. Because now, what is perfect, mm. right? But if you, but if you get, get something, your minimum viable product, yep. from, MVP, from, yeah, pro yep, from business school, right? <laughs> you get your minimum viable product and put it out there. Done is better than perfect, and you always have an opportunity to tweak
0: and, and to redo and it revise. and to grow and yeah. to change. Yeah. But,
2: if but if you wait, wait for perfect, perfect, you will never, you never get it done. That. Never get it done.
0: You'd never get it done. Like yeah. ah, man, that that's so that's so important. Thank thanks for. Wow, can you say it again? That's that's. <laughs> I know it's so simple. Absolutely, yeah.
2: Done is better than perfect. Done is better than perfect. It is true. Get it done and then
0: figure out. how and to then figure it. out to tweak it.
2: But for me, perfection is not the goal. No, I'll never be, you know, no. we'll never be perfect. But there's, there's
0: that OCD. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> don't
0: have it <laughs> <laughs> it's a little that ocd me unfortunately but no done is better than perfect
2: absolutely because you'll never start you'll never start if you wait for perfect
0: wow just do it so <sighs> we wow we talked a lot a long the time. long time and it's one of the, it's been great. Is one of the reasons I, I love this form. so where can you tell the audience where people can reach you? What yes. upcoming programs is coming up? Absolutely. Yeah, social media, yeah. that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So the
2: easiest thing right now is probably um on Instagram. I've been filtering everybody to Instagram mm-hmm. and I have some options to sign up for like my newsletter and things like awesome. that. And check out my website. But my Instagram handle is at Miss Asha B. Mm-hmm. So at M-I-S-S-A-S-H-A-B-E-E.
0: Mm-hmm no asha thank you so much for this conversation thank you ending it with done is better than perfect please please if you're out there support asha everyone has some skill that can help like you you'll be you'll be surprised like how many people are out there can just like lift you up it's like hey i noticed this part about your your thing like i hey, i offer this service whatever right. even friends we have around us that just like gives us so much blessings and on that note um guys good morning good afternoon good night thank you ciao Appreciate you, Asha. <laughs>